Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Good morning, everyone. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson, certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Next couple of hours, talking taxes. It is that time again. Monday, April 18th is the filing deadline. So Yeah, you would think, Joe, we'd be celebrating the end of tax season being Saturday, April 16th, but it goes till Monday, doesn't it? Does. it? We are, well, I mean, there's getting bad. Yeah, I suppose. Don't have to write a check for it. Another couple <laughs> for, days. For another couple of days. <laughs> well, there you go. That's true. Uh, but um, yeah, so happy tax season, everyone. And it's your birthday coming up here. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. Big day in the Clopine family. Yeah, it is. It is. That'd be my last year in the 50s. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> Can't believe it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and then you're going to Africa for two weeks. I am. I'm actually leaving uh, later today. So, so I'm, yeah, I'm going to be on a plane for my birthday, and I will end up in Nairobi in Kenya uh, on uh, Sunday night. So there you go. Wow. Well, you should have fun. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It'd be good. It'd be really good, actually. <laughs> no, I did a, I did a safari uh, a couple years ago, three years ago, in Botswana. And I got to say, if you've never done a safari, it is really fun. It's really worthwhile. It's, uh, and it's really expensive. And it's expensive. Yes, it is. And it, we even did a camping version. And that was not cheap. Yeah? Yeah, although camping. I mean, we had beds and everything. Sure, you know, sure, it wasn't sure, like, sure. You know, being it's... in the dirt. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, here, what's on the agenda today is we want to go through um, how to avoid a tax surprise. Um, you know, maybe some of you that received your tax returns back and were like, wow, I'm paying a little bit more in taxes this year. What's going on? Well, the tax rates have changed a little bit over the last couple of years. Uh, so if you might have had higher income this year and also had some capital gains, you might have got stuck with another 3.8% surtax. Uh, that's the Medicare. Uh, tax. Maybe you noticed some of your deductions or exclusions got squeezed a little bit depending on your income. You bet. Maybe your capital gains rate went to 20% for some of you if you had a large uh, capital gain or maybe if you sold a business or if you sold a uh, rental property or something like that. So we can talk about uh, taxes today and some ways to prepare yourself so maybe you don't get surprised again next year. Well, I think that is the key, Joe, because right now it's a, it's a bit too late to do much for 2015. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I suppose you could still do an, an IRA contribution until Monday or a Roth contribution if you qualify till Monday. But uh, the reason we talk taxes right at the end of tax season is because this is when you're thinking about it. And the best time to make a change uh, is right now for 2016 because most strategies that are available to you take some time to implement. If you wait till next year at this time, it's uh, it's deja vu, doing the same thing all over again. So why not take a little different approach? Why not be a little bit more proactive so that by this time next year, it's a little bit different tune? You know, you know Albert Einstein. Yeah, I do. What, what did he say? <laughs> He's credited for saying that the definition of insanity 
is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Oh, well, that's just kind of what I was saying. Yeah, that's me in my like, dating life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later you can give us some stories. Oh, you know, you think this one's going to be different. This time yeah, it's going to be different. Got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> no? Uh, unfortunately, that's what people do each year with their taxes. Well, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> What, are you reading a script or something? No, it's just this little bullet point that oh, bullet um, our point. cracked research team Got tells it. me to read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah. it sounded Try like... Try to spice up the show by giving us a couple little bullet points. Yeah, it sounded like you just came right off the cuff. No. I mean, I was impressed. I don't think I would say that. No, you, those are not your words? No, no, I would talk about it with my dating life, not necessarily with my <laughs> with taxes. taxes. No, no. Got it. No. Okay. Ah, you want to hear something else pretty good? Yeah. All right. Sure, let's hear it. <laughs> Is this something you're going to read? <laughs> uh, oh, no, Alan Clopine. Today we are going to talk about something that could have a huge impact on your money and your retirement and ultimately on your lifestyle. For many people, it could mean quite a bit of money, tens of thousands of dollars, and for others it could be even more. We're going to talk to you about how you can save a bundle on your taxes in retirement. Uh, people walk through life and think there's nothing that can be done about taxes. It is what it is, right? Actually, they're dead wrong. The truth is you have more control over how much you pay in taxes in retirement than any other time in your life. Yeah, I've heard, I heard someone say that once. I think Mr. Klopine said that. <laughs> so forget about everything you think you might know about taxes when you're working, because when you're retired, everything changes. It's a whole new ballgame. You may think that you're in a certain tax bracket, but one small move could trigger a catastrophic tax event on something else. Something that wasn't taxable is now taxable, or something that was taxed at a lower rate is now being taxed at a much higher rate. And you won't see it coming until it's too late. The time is to address this is right now, because if you plan for your retirement without a plan for taxes, you're walking right into the IRS snare trap. That's a good word. <laughs> yes, it is. So when we're talking about taxes, there's a lot of different traps, snare traps. What is a snare trap? I have no idea. <laughs> I probably see some in Africa. <laughs> Be careful of the snare traps. <laughs> Boy, I cracked research. They came up with a good one, didn't they? <laughs> they, they thought all night, what would be really catchy? <laughs> I know it's a snare trap. Oh, God, so bad. Oh, I do know quite a bit about taxes, though, Mr. Klopine. Yeah, I know you do. And we can um, help educate our listeners here today. Um, talking about, we'll, we'll get into some basic things, and then we can get into more complex. Uh, you know, depending on the size of your state, there's all sorts of things that people can do to save taxes, um, especially in retirement, because there's a lot of different sources of income that you will be receiving in retirement, and a lot of them are taxed a little bit differently. Uh, Social Security, for one, there's crazy type of computations that you have to take a look at um, in regards to how much of your Social Security is going to be taxed, and you could be generating hundreds thousands of dollars of income and pay very, very little tax on your Social Security, depending on how that 
income is classified. If right. You will. Yeah. In other words, if you can take it out of your Roth IRA, that's tax free. It doesn't right. count as income. And if you do some tax loss <laughs> harvesting, so you're mm-hmm. offsetting gains with losses in your taxable account, that you can bet. offset it. And if you are aware of how much money that you can pull out of your 401k plan um, with certain dollar figures, you know, with certain um, income limits, um, you know, then you could avoid some of these different thresholds because Social Security could be tax free to you. 50% or up to 85% of the overall benefit would be subject to tax. Sure, sure. Hey, Joyce, here's something. Um, Did you know that the average American works until April 24th to pay for their taxes? It's like Tax Freedom Day. Yeah, Tax Freedom Day. But I do remember a few years ago, it used to be May 1st. So I don't know, maybe it seems like May we're improving. But did you also know the state where you get to pay, you pay your taxes off the earliest? Uh, And that state would be Louisiana. That's April 2nd. Or Florida. Well, no, that they're because, because they count property taxes and oh, sales tax, so they're counting all taxes. And the state that is uh, the longest, uh, and this is May 13th, it's not California, it's Connecticut. Really? That's at the highest tax rates? Yeah, or well, state tax rates? That's at the highest uh, combined taxes. Or, so that's state tax, property tax, sales and, tax? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, in fact, it's on average, it's... Uh, Seven thousand eight hundred sixty-nine dollars per person, and in California, it's it's just a little over five thousand. You'd think California would be right up there, but Connecticut, uh, they they get the award. New Jersey's a close second. Yeah, New Jersey and New York is pretty high too. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're just getting started, folks. Stick around; we got a lot to go. Show's called Your Money and It's Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio seven sixty KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm with Big Al Clopine. I'm a certified financial planner. He's a CPA. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to dive in in some tax planning moves here to help you save money in retirement. When it comes to your taxes, because a lot of you, a lot of our listeners, um, one of your largest expense of what we find could be taxes. And there's rules of thumb that you hear that you'll probably be in a lower tax bracket in retirement, that taxes won't be that big of a deal in retirement. And we're finding that the opposite has happened to a lot of you that have saved some money, right? Um, There's a lot of money sitting in retirement accounts. I think $24 trillion at last count, give or take a couple of bucks there, in retirement accounts. So you got a tax deduction going in. It grows tax deferred. And when you pull the money out, you have to pay ordinary income tax on those dollars. And I think that's where a lot of people have saved some money. So I think you're taxed at ordinary income rates, but still this is confusing to people. Is that, all right, well, here, when I'm retired, my income is only going to be Social Security, which is $40,000 combined with my wife and I. So how am I going to be in a higher tax bracket, Joe? I make $125,000 today. Yeah, I'm only going to make forty then. I'm only going to make forty. And then it's like, okay, well, do you want to live off of forty? No, of course not. I want to you know, maintain my lifestyle. I want to yeah. spend about hundred grand. Yeah, right. All right, well, you're, you have 40 coming from Social Security, so you have to pull 60,000 from somewhere. Where's it going to come from? Well, my 401k plan. Okay, well, that's tax, just like your paycheck just about. You don't pay FICA tax on it. So now you're still generating the $100,000 income. Now that $60,000 pushes 85% of your Social Security to be subject to ordinary income tax. So yet, you're still in the 25% tax bracket. So you're looking at things maybe a little bit differently of that you will be in a lower tax bracket in retirement if you want to maintain your same lifestyle for most of you in retirement if all of your assets are in the retirement account. It's true, Joe. And, and now if you've got a lot of assets outside of retirement, now you, can, you, can, you have some 
ability yeah. to manipulate your taxes. So, for example, if you got money that's not in a retirement account and uh, and you invest it a couple different ways, one could be for municipal bonds, you know, fixed income. That's tax-free. Another way is for growth. Growth is taxed at capital gain rates, but you can net losses against gains. And here's what happens when you're investing in the market. It goes up, it goes down. It trends up, which is great, but there are times when the market's down, you can actually sell positions while they're down on purpose, buy something similar so you're still in the market, but now you've generated a tax loss that will net against other capital gains dollar for dollar. And we've seen people that have money outside of retirement accounts that pay very little tax, sometimes none, very little, because of these tax last harvesting and because of municipal bond income. Now, if your tax rate's low because you're not quite 70 and a half, now you can take advantage of being in low brackets. How about now do some Roth conversions, get some money out of your 401k IRA, put it into a Roth IRA. Yes, you'll pay taxes on that, but if you're in a low bracket, you're not going to pay very much in taxes. Then at 70 and a half, that's no longer part of your IRA or 401k. It's not part of your required minimum distribution, and you'll never pay taxes on those dollars again. And it's, Joe, it's usually a, it's usually a multi-year process to, to really get this done well. And I, and I don't want to mislead you. This is not just for people that just retired. We see people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s working where there's tons of opportunities to get Roth conversions in without uh, being in high tax brackets. Right. No, I think that's a good point because a, a, there's a lot of um, misunderstanding when it comes to this type of planning is that because you, you, you you listen to the radio, right? Our show, for instance. You know, we're talking all sorts of different strategies on this show, uh, but some of the strategies might make a ton of sense for some, but it would be the exact opposite of others. So don't take this show as advice, I guess, first and foremost. True. Yeah. Because we don't know you. We don't know what you have and what your tax bracket is or what your assets are, what your goals are. We just want to give you some different ideas to change your thinking process that there could be something maybe a little bit more efficient when it comes to taxes that you should be doing with your money. Because if you look, is that I think most people did the right thing to save money into their 401k plans. And God bless you. Good for you. You Now you've accumulated some money. But now what's going on is that, hey, wait a minute. Every single last dollar of this is taxed at ordinary income. And if I want to pull more money out to help my kids or grandkids, um, you know, this is going to blow me up in tax-wise. For instance, I met with a nice couple. They have $1.5 bucks in their retirement accounts, $140,000 in pensions. Nothing else besides their home is paid off, and they don't have, you know, they have a few bucks in cash, but no non-qualified assets. Right. So their fixed income sources is already 140000 bucks. They got one point three, and they're like, well, my, um, you know, my, my kid wants me to help them. Um, they got two kids in college, and they need some help buying a house, you know, for the kids so they can, you know, live in this house. It's going to be cheap, a couple hundred thousand bucks. You know, can you help me out? He's like, well, yeah, I'd really like to help him out. So if I pull a couple hundred thousand bucks out, what's this going to, you know, I got 1.3. Yeah. It's not going to be, you know, I got 1.3. Why don't I just give him $200,000? That still leaves me with 1.1. And then I have my pension. I should be fine. And it's like, okay, well, let's do the math here real quick. I'm not saying not give the $200,000 to your kids. Please do so. But maybe we do it, so, you know, let's look at the tax ramifications. Right. Because if you're making $150,000, i am rounding now, and you pull another two fifty dollars out, right, now you're at $350,000 of income, you're close to the 39.6% tax rate, right? So that's 40% federal, 10% state. 50% on right. that 200. So you're going to have to pull out another $100,000 estimated roughly to pay the tax. Where are you going to come up with the $100,000 
to pay the additional tax when you pull the $200,000 out to pay for the kid's yeah, house. Yeah, that's the problem. And then you go back to the IRA and pull that 100 out to pay the tax. Now you got to pay tax on that 100 Right. Then you pay tax on the 100 to pay the tax to pay the tax. <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> right? So, you know, that $200,000 that, you know, doesn't seem like, in, in, in I guess in this example, 200000 is a lot of money. But for them, it's like, okay, well, I think I can afford the $200,000 because I have $1.3 in my retirement account that I don't think I'm going to touch anyway. And it's like, okay, yes, but here is what's going to happen to you, right? Because now you got to pay tax to pay the tax to pay the tax. It's going to cost you four hundred grand, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. To, to take the two hundred out, and so it's like, all right, well, maybe we don't do that. And he's like, well, this sucks. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, I know it does. That's why you have to be careful when you take a look at your retirement accounts, how you're pulling the dollars out, what tax bracket that you're in, and trying to start bleeding some of this money out as soon as you can, looking at your tax brackets to get it either into a Roth IRA or maybe just a non-qualified cash account if you need the money sooner than later. Well, that's right, Joe, because now if this couple had been doing Roth conversions over the last several years, right, in their existing bracket, then they would have a bunch of money in a Roth IRA, and I hope they don't pull it all out to pay for their kid's home, but it's available, and it's not going to put them in a high tax bracket. Now, in this particular case, if you find yourself in this situation, uh, it's tricky because you don't have a lot of other assets outside of retirement. Maybe what you do is you straddle a couple of years. You pull some out at the end of the year and some out at the beginning of the year, so at least it's two different tax years. You know, it's but it's it's hard, and th- and this is what we find a lot of folks. They're they're in this place where they've got everything in their retirement accounts, and they got no flexibility. Right, and so taking a look, there's a lot of things that you can do, but you got to have a a little bit of a forward looking plan here when it comes to taxes. Well, you do, and and I guess to me, it sort of comes down to uh, getting control over your taxes, and and. A lot of folks don't realize they can uh, exert some level of control just by doing certain kinds of planning. But most advisors out there, Joe, aren't really talking about this. They're, um, they may not even understand how to lower taxes in retirement because it's not really their expertise. Uh, but there's a way to do it. you got to have to have a forward-looking plan. you gotta, you got to kind of look at this year and maybe the next 10, 20, 30 years in front of you to see what's going to make the most sense for my life, not just this year uh, as a standalone. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. So it's called Your Money or Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called uh, Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joey Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big L Clopine. He's a CPA. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you listening. Um, we spoke a little bit about this, and I'm not going to spend any more than two minutes on this, um, or not even that, 20 seconds. A lot of... Um, Conversation about the, the Department of Labor and the fiduciary standard. Uh, just one thing, I guess, our opinion on this is that it's heading in the right direction as an industry. I think most advisors are very, very good advisors that give great advice. I think there's some products out there that probably might be looked, you, you need to look at maybe a little bit further. And so this is a step in the right direction. Our firm, Pure Financial Advisors, has always been a fiduciary. Uh, we're a fee-only registered investment advisors. We never accept commissions of any kind. Uh, so if you're looking for a fiduciary, since it's in the news, I thought I'd just kind of throw that out there. I saw I saw a little video of uh, our friend Tony Robbins uh, in New York. Asking, Team Tone. Yeah, right. Team Tony. Yeah. And is he he was, your, is, did you say our friend? Yeah. Or that's your friend? <laughs> that's your boy. Well, he's a San Diego boy. Oh, is he? Well, I think he lives here, or he used to, anyway. Uh, 
<laughs> pretty sure he used to live in Del Mar. Anyway, uh, he was asking people about do they know what kind of fees they're paying in their 401ks. And, of course, nobody knew. Uh, a lot of people said, I don't think I pay fees, which is what we've heard. And then he asked people, do you know what a, is a, what's a fiduciary? And it was basically one out of 27 knew the answer. And that was a guy that was a fiduciary. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> That's the only one. <laughs> a fiduciary, what? And it's, uh, but you are going to be hearing a lot more about this. And, and just uh, here's your little cheat sheet. A fiduciary is someone that has to do what's in your best interest. And that's what fee-only financial planners are. And it's what most of the, um, most of Wall Street is not. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a whole different standard. So the yeah, but that's how it was structured. Because basically Wall Street, their function, and I think the confusion is, is the, the, the function of Wall Street. Wall Street's function is to, to package products, right? So they, they do initial public offerings to company stock, right? right? And then they just get, they go on road shows to, to get IPOs, pump them and dump them. Yeah. And then they have, right, then they build mutual funds and distribute that or um, unit investment trusts sure. to then, separate management they... accounts. And I mean, that's fine. I mean, those are phenomenal products that help people grow their overall financial dreams and wishes. But I think on a suitability standard, I think it's just a little bit different standard, right? It's not as the highest standard that you're legally bound. And there's no way that, you know, and this is only for retirement accounts too, this new fiduciary law. Yes, right. And I think with a lot of the big brokerage firms and everything else, a lot of their assets are outside of retirement accounts anyway. You know, so they're dealing with maybe people that have saved money outside. So they're, it doesn't really apply. I mean, I saw something with Bank of America or, or Merrill. It's like, yeah, this doesn't really apply to us. Yeah, it was, it was like, Ten percent. I was going to say fifteen yeah, yeah, percent. Did some, you see some, that too? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. So. Pretty low. But so, um, anyway. Well, we, anyway, let's get back on to taxes. Yeah, let's do taxes. And and Joe, we were talking last segment, I think, about how if you can sort of take control of your taxes, if you can figure out how to get some money into tax free and and how to how to kind of manage your non-retirement assets to be tax efficient. And 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 of course, if now if you've just retired. And you're in a really low tax bracket. Let's say you're 65 and you haven't started your required minimum distributions yet. And you can live off of your savings for a while. You're in a very low tax bracket. You're a perfect candidate to do some Roth conversions. Taking some money out of your IRA, converting it to a Roth. Yes, you'll pay tax on it, but you're in a really low tax bracket. So, yeah, that makes sense. Everyone gets that. But what, what about this? I want to give you an example of someone I just met this week. So husband and wife, uh, they're both working. They're making... Let's just call it, uh, I don't know, 150000 between the two of them. And uh, they're saying, you know what, our tax bracket, we don't want to pay another dime of tax. It's, it's not worth it to us. And I said, well, how much are you putting into your 401k? And the answer was $10,000. And then the guy was actually fairly astute. He goes, he goes, well, I know what you're thinking. I could put some money into the Roth provision, but we don't have one. We, I've already checked with my HR. We don't have a Roth provision. I said, well, how, how about this? How about you put 24000 instead of 10000 in? So in other words, an, an additional 14000 in your 401k. So that's going to reduce your income by 14000 And by the way, you've got some money outside of, outside of the work plan, which is in an IRA. Why don't you convert that, 14000 of that, and now you've got 14000 in a Roth IRA. It didn't cost you a penny. All you did was create a deduction and then create income that they offset. And now you got 14000 growing tax-free forever. And by the way, you and your, your spouse at 150000 of income, you can both do contributions. And they were both over 50, so they could do $6,500 each. So that's $13,000. So here's a couple that can just like that 
have almost $30,000 in a Roth IRA, not really understanding and not paying a dime in tax to do it. Right. Is that, um, or they're not paying a dime more than they otherwise would have if they didn't do the plan. That's the point. Right? Yeah. In other words, it's doing that planning. Now, they didn't save taxes this year. Right, I, I'm granted, but down the road, absolutely, because you got money in a Roth IRA that's going to grow tax free. And let's say you're in your 30s or 40s, 50s doing this, you've got a lot of years for that money to grow before you're going to be needing it for retirement. It's a, it's, it's a big deal, and you start doing this year after year right. after year. And it doesn't have to be a large amount, but Not if really. you do it over, you know, a significant five years, let's say you're 65, let's do it five years until you reach 70. You could probably get a couple hundred thousand dollars into a Roth IRA That's right. that will forever grow tax free. You don't have to take a required distribution. If you pass it, it goes tax free to the spouse. If the spouse passes, it goes tax free to the kids. I mean, it's a pretty powerful vehicle if you understand how to do this. So if you go back to the basics here, there's Roth contributions. That's just taking money from your savings account or brokerage account or whatever, and you're contributing into a Roth IRA. You still have until money to do this. $5,500 if you're single, $6,500 if you're married. Now, you have income limitations. It's $194,000 is the maximum income that you can have if you're married to contribute to a Roth IRA. 184 to 194 is the phase out. That's AGI. That's the bottom of the 1040. Then you look at your AGI if you're single. It's $132,000 now, right? 117 to 132. Right. So look at the bottom of the 1040. If you're over 132,000, you can no longer put directly contribution dollars into the Roth. So look at your tax return. See where you fall. But like Al said, it's like, all right, well, here. Now I can do contributions. I never knew I could do contributions. I thought I made too much money. Yeah, I thought I, thought I, I, I already have a 401k. I didn't know I could do a contribution. Yeah, exactly, right. You can. You can do both. Yes. And then check your employer. Do you have a 401k? Through your employer, check to see if they have the Roth provision in the 401k. I think a lot of you have it, but you don't even know it. So then there's things, all right, now we can jumpstart this. Now you can get significant dollars into the Roth, not pay any more tax or not a lot more tax. Because I think, too, when people think conversion, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in tax because I have a million dollars in my retirement account. If I convert that, that doesn't make any sense. Well, of course not. You don't convert the whole thing, right? You convert small chunks over several years. And you look at how much money that you have in there. You look at your tax bracket. That gives you the range of how much that you should be converting, taking money from the 401k or IRA or whatever into that Roth IRA for now for that to grow tax-free. Then you'll have more control over the distribution in retirement. I mean, the whole thing is, is gaining control of your income in retirement. It is. And, and so for my example, this couple could put almost $30,000 in per year without paying any more tax than they were already paying. And if you do that for 10 years, that's $300,000. And let's just say you retire in 10 years, and maybe that 300000 will have grown to 400,000, 500,000 maybe, whatever. And then you've got some some control over your taxes in retirement cuz the the truth is your taxes don't stop when your paycheck does. When you take money out of a 401k or an IRA, you got to pay taxes on it. And a lot of people don't quite realize that. Uh, but when you think about it, you got a tax deduction when you put the money in. You never paid any tax when it grew. So when you take it out, you have to pay taxes. But when you tap your retirement nest egg, it comes with all sorts of new rules, but opportunities as well. Instead of contributing, 
to tax-deferred plans that reduce your taxes, you start tapping those savings for income and paying taxes at your regular rate, oftentimes really high rates, much higher than you might think. So as you near retirement, tax planning becomes more important than ever. But you must use a forward-thinking tax strategy. You've got to be proactive here. You can't just look in the rearview mirror. You've got to look ahead. You have more control over paying taxes in retirement more than you think, more so than any other time in your life. All right, we got to take another break. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, check us out online if you choose to. It's at purefinancial.com, purefinancial.com, or uh, subscribe to our podcast. It's on iTunes. Go to Your Money, Your Wealth. Um, a lot of you are probably listening to the podcast right now, so no matter what time of day, hour, bam, right there, Al. That's right. We're here. 24-7. 24-7. You know our website? Did you know that it's open? 24-7. Yeah, what, brand new, right? It was <laughs> used to close Friday yeah, at 5. Nine, nine, nine to 5. <laughs> it's amazing technology. It is. Hey, it is. what kind of phone is that? Hey, uh, we've been talking about Roth conversions, and we, we touched a little bit on... Tax last harvesting. Those are a couple ways to create some tax-free income. I got six more. All right. Wow. Six more. I'm going to just kind of bullet, you know, just one after another, and you can comment if you want. Sure. I'd love to. One is uh, municipal bonds. Did you know if you invest in a bond that is uh, put out by your state or your city or your county, uh, it's tax-free, and it's tax-free federal and state. And if you have local taxes, if you live in New York, for example, it's tax-free there as well. Now, if you invest in, let's say, in California, you live in California, you invest in an Oregon bond, it's federal tax-free, but not California-free because it's not in California. But if you have California municipal bonds, state, county, city, uh, those are tax-free in California. Yeah, bond interest isn't paying a ton right now, as we can, uh, as we know that interest rates are pretty low. Um, so with municipal bonds, just look at a few different things. Um, you want to look at if it's a general obligation or a revenue bond, um, because they, they might have different risk characteristics. If it's a revenue bond, it's backed by the project. If it's a general obligation or GO, um, then it's backed by the issuer, right? And so just look, don't look at rate, you know, because bonds are a different investment than a stock, right? It, it, it's, it's a totally different security. It's a, it, the, the functionality and the structure of it are completely different. And I think people get confused because a bond is a loan, right? You're loaning money to that municipality in this instance. They're giving you a rate of return, an interest rate for that money, just like your mortgage, right? The bank gave you money to buy your home. You're paying the bank back the principal plus an interest payment. Yeah, at the agreed upon rate. At agreed upon rate, and it's fixed rate. Right? Same with a bond. It's just a, it, it's it's a reverse. it's reversal. Yeah, because you're loaning the money. <clears throat> you're loaning the money to the municipality. They're using that for a project, school districts, water districts, road, whatever. And then you look at, um, it's like, okay, well, here. But because you're giving the money to a municipality, the, the IRS says, you know what? Good for you. We'll, won't tax you on the interest that you receive. Okay? So if you think of it like this, so I ask this question quite a bit when I'm teaching classes or, or going through different uh, workshops and so on, is that it's like, okay, well, here, you, you want bonds in your 401k because you're getting closer to retirement, but you're not sure what type of bond fund you know from your 401k plan to choose from. So you have three different options. One's paying 8%, one's paying 4%, one's paying 2%. Which one do you choose? 
8% sounds better. Nine times out of 10, everyone says 8%. And it's just like, okay, well, why eight? Well, eight's a great rate of return. That must be a really good bond yeah, versus they, the 2%. They know what they're doing. The, yeah, the 2%, <laughs> oh, that's dog. That's a terrible <laughs> investment. No, it all has to do with risk. Yeah, right. It's not uh, a stock. It's not based on corporate profits. It's not. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. looking at the the forward looking forecasting of the profitability of the overall company. No, it's a contract that you're giving your money to a certain organization for a fixed rate of return back to you. And if you're getting eight percent back versus two percent, what do you think is going on there? So if you go back to the reversal again, if you're paying eight percent on your mortgage versus I'm paying two percent on my mortgage. What do you? Th- why is that? Right. You know what I mean? You're paying 8% on your mortgage is because you don't have good credit. It's the best you could do. It's it's like, man, uh, or, or, right? As a rational investor, you want to say, you know what? I love this bank. <laughs> I don't, you know what? You want to give me a 3% 30-year fix? No, I'm yeah. not going to pay it. I want to pay you eight. <laughs> I would love to make sure that you guys think, no, no one does that, right? Why are you paying eight is because you have more risk. Because you could default. You could not be around, right? You couldn't foreclose. Same on the other side of the equation here. So if you think of it, risk and expected return are related. So the higher rate of return in your bond, you're probably going out longer term. There's probably higher credit, um, you know, lower credit in the overall structure. So just be careful there. Bond returns, when you look at you, you have to look at them differently. You have to examine them and analyze them differently than you do stocks. Yeah, and there's you could you could quote some pretty uh, dramatic examples like Greece. Remember a few years ago when they were having their problems? Not that they're solved, but they had their bonds were paying. I I think they're over twenty five percent per year. Yeah, great rate. But you didn't get your principal back. No, you got your payment once. It's Puerto Rican bonds. Is and that's one. the other one, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, okay. Well, that's one of them. Here's another one, Joe. How about selling your home? So yeah. you you own it. You have your residence, your principal residence. You lived in it two out of the last five years, and you get a two hundred fifty thousand dollar exclusion. And if you're married, you double up on it. You get a five hundred thousand dollar exclusion, and that's a great thing. Five hundred thousand dollars of potential income. 100% tax-free, that can go a long way, especially if you feel like downsizing in retirement or moving to another area, and now all of a sudden you've got this lump sum that you didn't have to pay taxes on that could be part of your retirement. Um, how about this, Al? Let's say I have a rental property. I'm going to move into the rental, live in it two out of the last five, and sell it. Can I take advantage of the 121? Uh, good question. Uh, yes, you can, but it's prorated. So what happens is they take a look at the since 2000. Nine. They took a look. They take a look at your years of residence versus years of rental, and then they do an allocation. And maybe it was forty percent residence and sixty percent rental. So that means up to forty percent of your gain is excluded, and sixty percent is taxable. Oh, or is it forty percent of the gain, or is it forty percent of the exclusion amount? It's, it's the gain up to the exclusion level. So if I have. Uh... So let's say if I'm married, right, then that's $500,000. Yeah. So then can I take 40% of the $500,000? Uh, yes. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. So then, or if it was, if the ratio is 60%, then I can only take 60% of the $500,000. Yeah, $500, yeah let, me, let me say that again. I hope I'm getting this right. I think it's, yeah, I think it is. Is this stumping out time It here? might be. <laughs> I know every time I look at this, I, I get surprised. But I think off the cuff. It's off I, the exclusion. I, I, think, I think it's off the exclusion. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and the and then the gain would be uh, but, up to, up to that amount. So I guess my point is this: is that still for a lot of individuals, right? If you're married, you still have a lot of gain that you can continue to exclude. Even let's say if it's only forty percent, forty percent of five hundred thousand is still a lot of money. Yeah, and how about this one uh, for folks that have a very expensive home, and. Uh, they would like to end up, uh, you know, they want to move to another expensive home, but they don't want to pay any taxes. So you could actually do this, and not that you, I mean, so there's some downsides here, but you could do this. You could rent out your home for a while, okay, that nice expensive home, and then you sell it within a, that, you know, within three years after you move out because you have to have lived in it two out of five years. You get the $500,000 exclusion. You pull $500,000 cash out, but now you got a rental, and now you can do, you can do a, a 1031 deferred exchange on that rental to another property, put a pet tenant in that property for a while, and then later on, maybe you feel like, you know what, I don't really want to be a landlord anymore, maybe a couple of years later, then you um, turn that into your residence and you didn't pay a dime in tax to do it. It's You actually can do the 121 exclusion and, a, and the 1031 on the same property. Yeah, you can pull it out. It's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of really cool tax things that, that you can do as long as you kind of take a look at, you know, where you're at, what you're doing, what's the goals, and then always look forward instead of in reverse. Well, and, and I guess when when it comes to these kinds of things, we see a lot of people make mistakes. They just in, in this particular transaction, it's pretty complicated. So you've got to you got to have certain time frames, and you have to know how much you can pull out and have it be non-taxable for your situation with the 121 exclusion. And then you have to be able to buy another property. And there's certain time frames on the 1031. And as a CPA, I've seen so many mistakes uh, over time. And and people don't get the message about tax planning until they make one of these mistakes. Right. I mean, uh, and they finally get it. But the secret is to make sure that you don't learn your lesson the hard way. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. Uh, show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. <laughs> 